Welcome to the Red Hand Podcast. Well, I don't think many people expected that result. Ulster may have turned a corner in their season with a bonus point win in South Africa in their rescheduled game against the Sharks. The score in the end was 31-24. Ulster played an absolute blinder, getting sick a few months ago and avoided playing a load of Springboks. A few big names were missing, so it worked out pretty well. Clearly, we're guilty in this podcast of not having sufficient faith in this team, as if you listened back to to last week's episode, we weren't all that hopeful, to be honest. Granted, both sides were without certain key internationals, and Sharks were probably missing a few more big names, but credit where credit's due for Ulster. Two mall tries from Tom Stewart laid the foundation for the win. Stuart Moore scored a sneaky, opportunistic try, and Harry Sheridan, who's quickly becoming a fan favourite, powered his way over to give Ulster the bonus point. Supporting Ulster this season has been a roller coaster ride, even more than usual. We have discussed at various points whether Ulster are on the edge of a precipice or whether they're back on track. Truthfully, it's difficult to know, but as we've talked about before, we have been consistent in our inconsistency. We can beat anyone on our day, which suggests a talented side, sometimes maybe lacking in confidence or potentially feeling underprepared. Anyway, full credit to Ulster for getting the win. Glasgow lost against the Lions at the weekend, so it gives Ulster a bit of breathing space in third, and we're now breathing down the necks of the Stormers here in second place. So Ulster have won twice in South Africa this season. No easy feat. We'll be high on confidence as uh, we prepare to take on Cardiff with a few guys being released from Ireland to bolster the squad. As I often say in this podcast, the game at the weekend probably posed more questions than it answered, which means there's plenty to discuss. To help make sense of Ulster's season so far, I'm joined by regular Jack Fogarty and Caelan Scully. And on his first appearance on the podcast, Yeston Thomas, and we're delighted to have him joining us today. So to kick us off, I'm going to ask Jack to give us a bit of a summary of that game. So Jack, what did you make of that Ulster performance? How encouraged should we be by that win? Yeah, I think we should be um, very encouraged by that one. I think it was a really, really good, hard-fought win. Um, anyone who watched it, I'm sure, would have enjoyed the um, the sort of product that was on show. I think it was a good advert for the uh, for the league, and it was full of you know back and forth. Um, the Sharks were the more kind of explosive and sort of looked like scoring off first phase but once we took them through through a few more phases they they didn't really have much kind of structure to the attack so that was I think that was mainly how we defended um you know against their kind of strike runners and stuff but they scored a couple of absolute uh beauties didn't they and uh it was just it was fun to watch I mean maybe not if you're a you know if you're a supporter of either team but uh it was pretty nerve-wracking at, at times but I think Ulster were you know kicked smartly and, and they and they sort of they didn't um exert too much energy um at times when they were sort of in the in the opposition 22 and stuff but really really good i mean to go down there and beat any you know south african side is tough because they 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 don't normally lose at, at home regardless of of who's playing and and you know it's good it's good to see that our you know our second string side if as as it were is is still is still a good a good team and a tough team to beat if if that is the second string side perhaps it should be the um the team that um rides out against Cardiff but yeah i think it's really really good really really encouraging just to see the 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 mentality of the of the side is is still very strong and they can still um you know go out there and put a performance on it and get a really good result with um 
all 23 guys that played. Um, maybe John Andrew would have liked to have played a little bit longer than he did, but um, overall, you've got to be happy with that. It was a it was a great win for the and it's significant for the season as the now the running fixtures after you know after that game are probably considerably easier in terms of travel and logistics and then there's three home games uh to to finish off so we're in a good position but um we need to sort of press press on now and hopefully um get a few more wins and, and maybe sneak second if we can because that's got to be the that's got to be the the aim now so um we'll see what happens yeah and look it's good to good to hear positivity in this podcast i think sometimes because we all know that we're coming on this podcast whenever you watch these games and i catch myself doing this as well you look for sort of things to maybe criticise and you're trying to analyse the game, but you sometimes maybe lose a bit of perspective. I speak for myself there. And as you say, Jack, like going away to South Africa and getting a win with uh, experimental, it's not a completely experimental side, but a few sort of um, surprise inclusions, a few guys left at home as well. Like that's not easy to do and, and uh, we should be delighted with that bonus point win and we have to celebrate every wee victory do you know as an Ulster fan <laughs> so uh, no I think I, I'm pretty happy with that but uh, it's always good to have you on Caelan for uh, number one for your insight and, and knowledge of the game but also for, for your perspective that you you bring us and from a neutral perspective uh, someone who supports Irish rugby but isn't from the province of Ulster could you talk us through uh, what that victory means for Ulster in the context of the season how significant is it for Ulster? Yeah, well, <clears throat> as you said, trying to add a, a neutral a neutral voice to it, it's it is huge because you know you look at Ulster's running, they have Cardiff next up, and then you know they they have some some nice games, some tougher games, but like just purely next game, it's Cardiff. It's a very winnable game. They've only had three players released to the to their squad from Wales. And Ulster five points ahead of Glasgow now, who they lost to last week. Seven points ahead of Munster, eight points ahead of the Bulls, and just slowly that gap is there's a little bit of a comfort there because obviously Ulster season has been very up and down to this point. If like if they get top four, absolutely no one in Irish rugby would like to see them do what they did to Munster last season. I can speak for myself on that, but um, it it's it's a huge boost though, like because listen, it might be the Stormers again, it might be a trip back down to Cape Town. But Ulster will take credit and all that they can they can win in South Africa. First team to do two wins in South Africa in the in the URC era in the same season, which is brilliant. As you said, it may have happened like five months apart, but listen, it's not your it's not your fault. There was there was uh issues. But look, it is it is huge this late in the season to pick up the two wins from a from a differential standpoint and all that as as much as Anthem and um huge boost going into that Cardiff game as well because like not only are you bringing back Herring and Treadwell and guys like these back into the squad, Jacob Stockdale, but you're also turning around and you're saying, well, we've just beaten the Sharks in Durban in what nearly 30 degree heat. Yes, they know they didn't have their big heavy hitters of South African players, but still, like Dan McFarland rotates against La Rochelle, nearly beats them, rotates against the Sharks, does beat them. That has to be huge for a squad. Like it should be at the very least. Absolutely. And and uh, we're joined uh, by Yeston as well. And you maybe guess from the name where Yeston's from, Yeston Thomas. You couldn't really get more of a, a Welsh name. Another guy who, who you know, Yeston, I think, is Rhys Jones, who nearly holds the title for most Welsh name. But it's great to have you on. You're scouting 
uh, scouting Ulster <laughs> for a big game coming up this weekend. So um, talk us through a few key moments in that game. What were the decisive factors uh, in, in, the, in the Sharks-Ulster game at the weekend there? Um, before I talk about this weekend's game, I just want to say, if a roller coaster of a season is finishing top three or top four, then then I, I want to know what a normal season is in, in Welsh rugby because if a roller coaster of a season in Ireland's top four, then, well, that's just sort of some sort of luxury for me. But um, I thought Ulster played really well. They obviously, you know, obviously the Sharks weren't at their, their strongest or their best, but, you know, there's still a side that, they need to beat and you need to perform quite well to, to win, especially out in South Africa. Um, but the set piece, I thought, went well. Obviously, there's a, a try from a mall and then obviously the, the slightly controversial second try, which I had a little bit of flashbacks from a, an Elster Ospreys match from quite a few years ago, which I remember being at as a quite as a, as a youngster. Um, so, that, so that was a, a, an interesting memory that came back to my mind. But, um, you know, set piece was working well for Ulster. Okay, they could have had a little bit more possession with, with the backs. And, and was, there's only like one little clip from the highlights. And that's a, a disallowed try from Sexton. So you could say Ulster needed to be a little bit more adventurous. Okay, the pack worked well. But um, but on the whole, it's still a, ve- a very, very good performance. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's uh, we relied on... Uh, Ulster's main weapon, which was the mall, and that was the platform for our, our win. And John Cooney's boot as well also helped us to the win. In fact, it proved pretty decisive in the end. And um, Ulster uh, had 40% possession. So, I mean, in that sense, they lost that battle, but it didn't matter. We weren't overly clinical, but it was enough uh, to have a, a strong mall. And we did we did take advantage of that and we rely on that, but perhaps too heavily, as you, you're alluding to there, Eston. We need to maybe be a bit more uh, expansive. Um, our defence, again, it's very easy whenever we escape with this, I say escape, maybe that's unfair. Whenever we leave with this bonus point win, um, it's it's it seems uh, it seems not fair to, to focus on negatives, but um, our defence wasn't great in, in patches. Uh, quite a lot of missed tackles there, and I never trust these statistics. But the official match statistics suggest twenty six missed tackles from Ulster, uh, which again sounds sounds too high for me. But there were certainly quite a lot of breaks, clean breaks, and beaten defenders for, from the Sharks. Um, we we talked about the the. Sharks having a slightly weakened team. A lot of Springboks were missing there as well. Uh, some of the big names, Etzebeth, the Ox, uh, the Canyon Am in the centre, Mapimpe and Khaleesi, like huge names and class players. Ulster were missing a load of guys as well. There's, there's Stockdale's away, McCloskey uh, is away, Herring, Tom O'Toole, Treadwell, and then a bunch of guys, oh, and Ian Henderson, of course, a bunch of guys left at home as well, which give me the impression maybe they're sending out the kids to sort of get beaten. But look, they give some guys a chance, and we'll talk about that now and turn to Jack to talk about the selection. So, Jack, what did you make of the selection for this game? Talk us through some of those names we haven't seen too much of and how they got on. Yeah, it was an interesting one, really, wasn't it? Because I thought that the selection against Glasgow was almost a little bit strange as well. But I thought that the selection for this one was was very much sort of a you could kind of see what 
what Dan was thinking. It, it, it seemed like he had like two squads in mind for you know the trip to South Africa and maybe the trip to you know Glasgow and Cardiff on the other side of those of that sort of wee trip because it felt as though you know no um, no Nathan Doak, no Billy Burns uh, traveled. Uh, at least they weren't in the match day squad. They may have traveled down there, but you know for all intents and purposes, it looks like they they didn't go. Um, but you know, Flannery gets a, a first real start at ten, um, and for all intents and purposes, he was he was great. He he didn't really make any any kind of glaring mistakes. He made a class left footed kick down the touchline, and Sexton almost gets a hold of it. Apart from a ridiculous cover tackle by uh, Werner Koch, uh, and then the turnover penalty as well, which was just like phenomenal from him. But you know, Sexton probably thinks he could have scored that one. Thought he had a pretty decent game. Um, you know, he put his he stuck his head down and, and he made a few good couple of runs and, and and actually kicked quite smartly right at the end. Uh he could have been forgiven for having a go. It's probably knackered as well though. Um but I thought, yeah, a lot of a lot of the a lot of that team played really, really well. Uh, I thought Jordy Murphy was 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 pretty excellent actually, just going through a lot of work. Um gave Werner Koch a good smack on the head. After that, uh, after that break as well, but no, the selection was was good. I mean, you know, Rory Sutherland played. Um, obviously, John Andrew went to play a little longer, but you know, Tom Stewart and and Jeffrey Timong Allen were excellent. Harry Sheridan's just phenomenal. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him a, a little bit later, but he was excellent, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Nick Timoney kind of quietly going about his business, but you know, again, kind of very very good. Um, again, no mistakes. Very sort of. A concerted sort of selection, but also a concerted kind of performance as well. It didn't really have any glaring uh, negatives other than, you know, a few handling errors. Well, maybe a, f- a few too many handling errors, but, you know, given the conditions and, and given given where you're playing, it's tough to maybe adjust to that. But um, Cooney as well, I mean, you know, kicking in those conditions must be kind of tricky, but he, uh, you know, he got all of his kicks. Um, pretty much the difference um, when it came down to the the score at the end of it so you know he rightfully got man of the match so you got to say that selection paid off uh and the boys did uh the boys did a great job yeah a few a few names there that we as, as we've talked about before flannery finally given a chance thought he did well a couple of moments maybe defensively he, he was targeted but um uh, I I think Flannery. Hopefully, we hold on to him, which is another subject of another sort of <laughs> discussion mm. discussion entirely. But um, I would like to see him given more opportunities, uh, and we'll talk about that in a wee minute. Maybe whether he's he's an answer at ten. Burns maybe isn't the isn't the <laughs> uh, the answer in some people's opinions. Uh, I, I I like Burns, but we'll talk about that a wee bit more. But I want to turn to Kaelin again that. The, uh, the contributor who brings us balance as and uh, <laughs> on that note, could you give us maybe a couple of good things about Ulster? What will Ulster be pleased with? Maybe a couple of uh, points to work on, a couple of uh, yeah things Ulster need to improve uh, based on that last game. Well, to be honest, there's not much left to say in terms of positives because I think Jack is after naming about 20 of the 23 players there. <laughs> but no, look. Um, yeah, sorry yeah. about that. No, no, it's fine. If you want to go for the full 23, go on, do it. But, um, yeah, but, you know, I think the, and just working the way through the team, I think, you know, obviously Stuart Moore's try is something that will be watched and watched and watched and talked about. And rightly so, I thought he did well. Jake Flannery is the obvious one. 
because the first time I was on with you guys back in November, I said, give this lad a chance. He's more than good enough. And now he's been given a chance and won down in Durban with Ian Madigan backing him up and steadying the ship at the end, right as it looks like he's about to leave Ulster, which is a massive shame. But listen, to you, that's that's on Dan McFarland. That's on the coaching team for not giving him a chance before this. Like he did well, I thought, you know, for Mullen, Stewart, these guys. But from a, an overall game point of view, I think the fact that Ulster, they will be disappointed that that game was probably as close as what it was in some ways because the Sharks lived off scraps. Two missed tackles left to the Williams try. The, I think it was the Werner Cock, I can't remember off the top of my head who scored it, was another mistake in midfield. And that's what they do. They're a very super rugby type team. And we've seen it in Raven Hill last game of the season last year. Ulster make a mistake on the Sharks five metre line. They go 95 metres to score. That's what they do to you. And that's probably a sign of the gap between these two teams and the fact that when Ulster, when everything goes well, they're a very difficult team to break down. They're very, like, they're very set-piece orientated. You know, the backline has a bit of individual brilliance. In some ways, in a really weird way, it reminds me of France at the moment, where structured attack, I'm not 100% sure on individually. It, it's there. It's Sexton. It's Moore, Hume, McCluskey. All these boys are well able to do it. And then, of course, you know, Tom Stewart called up to the Ireland squad, gets pulled onto the field after, what, 10, 15 minutes, if even, and scores another two tries, and he just can't stop scoring, you know? And it's, I, I know it's more tries, and you can say it's, it's a full, um, it's a full packs effort, but he's, he's another one that you can, you can focus on. And I've, I've been raving about him all season as well. And I think he, he's one of those himself, Flannery. A lot of the young kids stood up and that's, that's what you need in a game like this when, Look, coming into it, it felt like they were sending the lamps to the slaughter, and then they go down and they win because, well, that's what that's what Ulster do. Why, why would you lose? You lose games you think you're going to win. You win games you think you're going to lose. That's when their season <laughs> keeps life interesting, I suppose. But I could do without the uh, <laughs> the soft losses as well. But um, yeah, it's good to see those guys. Uh, we mentioned a few there: Flannery, Sexton, even. The likes of Gilroy being back in the team, it was like, we'll give these guys a run out. Somehow, the Ray brothers, in particular Marcus Ray, even in this context, not giving a go. So whatever he's done, <laughs> uh, we'll not get into that because you talk about it enough um, and it just annoys me. But um, I want to want to turn now to Yeston and there's a, a player I'd like you to, to maybe talk about um, Dwayne Vermeulen. Talk to us about Ulster, uh, the impact he has for Ulster, the leadership that he brings, and how important a player he is for Ulster. Well, he's, he's just a world-class player, really. A Springbok World Cup winner. And, um, you know, when 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 it was announced that he was joining Ulster, I think everyone's expecting it's going to be a really good signing. And it's probably been a ridiculously good signing that um, Vermoulin, Vermoulin's just been, just been everywhere. I, I, I remember watching... Watching him earlier on in the season and against the Ospreys and and I'll always use a Welsh example, but um, but I just remember him just powering over Owen Watkin. It was just a, a it was a solid thirteen. He's there's nothing there's nothing bad about his game defensively. He's a very solid thirteen, and and Vermeulen just steamrolls him like he's like 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 nothing. So you know. As there's a turnover as well against the Sharks after I think it's somewhere about 20 minutes in. I think it's before Werner Cock produces an even better turnover a couple of minutes later. 
But just the way he just manages to get over the ball and just picks it up and just scores on the goes on the run, fends off the Sharks twelve like like he's not even there. And you know, and obviously being a World Cup winner, he's obviously going to bring leadership as well. And he's probably a very still he is a very experienced player. And I think it's just what else they needed in that back row, and it's just really a perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, I think Avery Mullen has surprised a few people uh, because he isn't a Kutsia. Um A Kutsia, as you all know, yes, and from watching, I know, uh, from way over in Wales, but keeping an eye on Old Street, you'll have seen how the impact Kutsia had. And then Vermeulen joined us. Um, I think people maybe expected more of the same, sort of a like for like. It hasn't really worked that way at all. He has the capacity to carry and make strong carries, impactful carries that can actually change the momentum of a game, like that one following the turnover. Uh, and as you say, his ability to get over the ball and jackal and and create uh, a load of hassle for 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 teams uh, has has been one of his greatest strengths as well. So it's 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 great. And um, one of the things that uh, Ulster have struggled with, obviously, is um, giving away leads. So they can go up in a game, but you can never be sure. Is actually covering this game and trying to write a match report. And I have to admit to writing the opening paragraph, Ulster threw away <laughs> uh, a lead. But uh, thankfully, it didn't happen. And uh, Ulster, their, their mindset has hopefully changed. I think there were problems in the camp before. I just got that impression maybe all wasn't well. But uh, that at least they held on to the win this time. It looked a wee bit too close for comfort. But um, and again, some of the the issues and some of the stats I have here, so uh, which I thought were really interesting. Uh, Ulster had more rocks that last uh, less than a second than any other team. So um, our ball retention rate at the rock is also the best in the league. So those two stats are quite impressive. One of the things that we need to focus on is, as we talked about already, playing that expansive rugby. I think mistakes got in the way. Our phase play wasn't nearly good enough. We kept coughing the ball up or making mistakes at crucial moments. And so um, we need to work on that as well. But I want to return to something we were talking about there, uh, the, the selection. And I want to ask Jack about what he thought of, of that selection. But I want to talk now about... In the future, in this next game against Cardiff, and even just even beyond that, what will this game change, if anything, about Ulster's selection? Will Flannery be the answer at 10? Is Harry Sheridan now nailed on starter? Uh, what, what would you do in terms of selection? Yeah, I think, um, I think, well, if I, if I were, if I were Dan McFarland, I would, you know, I would reward those, those players that, that have, that have performed well over the last just couple of weeks, you know, the boys that have, that have really kind of stuck their hand up. And I think you got to reward Harry Sheridan. He's not put a foot wrong. Um, Flannery's come in and just offered something a little different, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, go with, Go with that. Go with what you feel as though is your is your strongest side. So if you have a raw pairing and Kieran Treadwell and Jacob Stockdale back from Ireland, stick those guys in the team, but not at the expense of guys who are who are going well. Because I think you're you're going into the into the the pointy end of the season. You've got to be playing. You know, hopefully you've given enough guys time to get minutes and feel as though they can just get dropped into a squad and just play well. But I think that now it's kind of slight tweaks in terms of okay who's going to be who's going to be playing in you know a playoff game so Hardy Sheridan you can hardly drop 
I don't think. He might play six this weekend, I think. Um, just with Treads coming back. Um, I would give Flannery and Cooney another another go, just because I feel like that's that's the best performing halfback pairing at the moment that we have. Um, I think there's a, there's a, probably a few guys that that might find themselves in a, in a in a tricky spot, you know, just a couple of a couple of regulars like Timoney. Although I said he was very good in this game, he's been quite quiet. So um, I don't know if whether or not he'll you know if he'll if he'll really push on because you know he's he's looking for an Ireland spot as well in that in that Ireland squad. So he's he's got something to play for. Um, but yeah, I think that. You know, we've got we've got some great players. Maybe some are, are, are still a little bit out of form, but uh I would go, you know, full full guns blazing um for Cardiff because um even though they've they've, they've got a couple of guys being released, they're 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 a dangerous side and, and we know how how well we got on on a plastic pitch before. So uh we're going to another one in, in, in Cardiff. So we'll see how we get on with that. We'll see how the mall defense goes on that. Um but yeah, I think just you know, you know, we need to go. We need to go full strength to to kind of make sure that we end this season the way we want it to on our terms. So hoping to see a good, strong Ulster um, team as strong as it can be, given given the given the the, the injuries and and uh, and Ireland guys kind of in and out. So yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see uh, what changes they make. One of the interesting ones, and, and just briefly, what did you make of Sexton? I th- thought he was a bit of a mixed bag. Was is he someone yeah. that you've given more time to, or have we seen enough? I'm not sure, really. I am. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm not completely sold on him. I think he's. I think he's good going forward. I don't really know if he has the the kind of the kind of reading of the game. To to kind of make make a an impact on a on a on a, on a close game, for example. But you know, the thing is, there's that old expression, isn't there? That there's no substitute for pace, so you can't really uh, you can't really defend against it. So he he could be an absolute weapon if he um if he just gets some of the more fundamentals of his of his game right. But you know, feel like to be I know it's harsh, but I kind of feel like. Uh, time is against him now where he, he really needs to have a bit of a stormer to really uh put his hand up and say yeah i'm i'm good enough and maybe he'll get maybe he'll get a shot um maybe he'll get a shot this weekend i imagine jacob comes back in but maybe jacob plays 15 and he gives Sexton another go because obviously the guy's had an injury he needs to he needs to play um you know it's no good just playing for um I think Maloney plays for it, doesn't he? So you know it's all well and good playing the AIL, but you get these guys want to be in the you know in the first team squad playing playing big games. So look, I'll not write him off, but he you know he he I think he needs to have a he needs to have a big game sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think I think someone pointed out and and it summed up my thoughts exactly is that Sexton's very good at getting to the ball and chasing kicks, but he doesn't really know what to do when he gets there, which is an yeah. issue. Um, because and there were a couple of times he got he got uh, in a bit of space and then you're like oh he's going to absolutely burn uh, burn the the fullback or whoever it was one of the back three and he just doesn't do you know he he's not maybe this is an old cliche maybe not a rugby player do you know he's an athlete who's turned into a rugby player and there are some uh, sort of 
athletes with freakish physical attributes like who can start the game quite late on but for someone in the back three you really need to have those fundamentals nailed down by the time you're playing professional rugby is even one for sure uh, one particular occasion it was just a pass out there like it was flannery perfectly fine pass maybe slightly high dropped it um and just his finishing cock made a, a great Werner cock made a great um a great tag. A lot of people who play or used to play rugby listen to this podcast. If you're struggling with an injury, lack of mobility, or some form of pain that you've just got used to living with, then you need to get it sorted. Back to Better Physiotherapy is a physio practice I highly recommend. The practice owner, John Quigg, is extremely experienced. He's worked with professional sports teams such as Ulster Rugby and Middlesbrough Football Club. Back to Better provide physiotherapy, massage treatment, personal training and rehab, they also have an ice bath and sauna in-house, which are fantastic for recovery and health. They're located at the Building Box Gym in East Belfast. Book using Instagram at Back to Better Physiotherapy or type their number in your phone now. 075 685 3022. That's 075 685 3022. Get in touch with them and get your aches and pains sorted. William Carlyle Coaching, helping yo-yo dieters stop living their life on a diet and achieve long-lasting fat loss results. We've helped hundreds of dieters ditch the strict, boring and bland diets whilst losing 15 pounds minimum in 90 days. This is all done with the Fit for Life Transformation Programme. It's the counterintuitive approach to weight loss and will change your life forever. If you want to know more, Grab your phone or pen and paper to write down my social accounts. On Instagram, it's at William Carlyle Coaching. On Facebook, it's just William Carlyle. If you'd be interested in learning more, drop me a message and let's chat. Obviously, whenever that ball was kicked through, but you should be like a, a top winger should be finishing those uh, every day of the week. You know, it's tricky, tricky enough, and I couldn't do it. But then again, I don't play on the wing for Ulster, so um, yeah. I just I wanted I wanted to hear like your opinion, also get you to be negative about him first. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, way. it's so it's it's really I think it's really tough for a winger, especially because so much of it is just down to what you can what you can see and if you you know if you see defenders coming at you sometimes that's the opportunity to go on the outside if the angle's not quite right then you can definitely burn someone on the outside and get that shot soft sort of tackle and you might slip out of it if you're quick enough and he's just he's just a little bit like caught caught in two minds maybe there's some good defending going on but you just think you could you could duck inside and you could dive inside and 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 make it hard for the defender. But sometimes you know, like what happened. I know it was disallowed for a forward pass anyway, but his finish for that um for that disallowed score, it just it was just it was it was an inexperienced sort of finish. Really, you know, he's carrying the ball in the right arm, which he was doing against Leinster, and he got the ball yeah. knocked out. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's his stronger side. Uh, perhaps he needs to be playing in the right wing and not the left wing. Um. But you know the finish just—it wasn't you know it wasn't it wasn't just quite what you expect from maybe a, a top class winger. Maybe that's harsh. Maybe that's you know the the defense doing well. But yeah, I think I think a lot of it is is just seeing those things happening time and time and time and time again, and actually 
you can once you've done it you know you know what your your ten thousand hours or anything like that then you get to know exactly uh, what to do in, in in certain scenarios and he's just not yeah. had that experience but you know maybe it's maybe it's a bit much asking a guy who's you know in his 20s he's not played a lot of rugby that he'll he'll just know what to do um just because he's in that environment so um yeah, we don't think we can be too harsh, but we can we can certainly just say what we see, and and, and it seems like a, a a tough position to 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 get a grips with if you've not um, if you've not played a hell of a lot of rugby. So yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's very fair, and we're not here to throw anyone under the bus. And he did look, he did well in so many other aspects of the game. It's his finishing, yeah. which is which is crucial. Now that can be worked on. My slight concern, as you mentioned, is exactly the same thing uh, as against Leinster, and even the South African commentator uh, picked it up and was saying, "Why is he? Why is he have it in that? This is basic. Why is it in that arm? He, he'll not have been aware probably of the the background." Oh, yeah. Against Leinster, but even he picked up on it. So, um, yeah, I, I I would like to see a bit more of him. It would be a waste of talent, you know, or a waste of of his physical attributes. Not to see him develop more as a rugby player, certainly. Um, but look, we turn our attention towards Cardiff uh, next weekend. So, um, yes, and you're the man to fill us in a, a bit about Cardiff. So. Tell us about Cardiff season. Not all of us will have had the ability to, or the the time to to sort of closely monitor them. So, what's the season been like? Who are some of the key players to look out for for Cardiff? Um, it was a good start to the season. Actually, they 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 started quite well. They won in Flanelli. They won in Park the Scarlets. They beat the Scarlets. They, then they beat the Stormers. So, at the end at the end of the first block of games, they were doing all right. Then they won up in South Africa against the Sharks, and it was a total demolition job okay sharks were missing players at that time but it was still a pretty convincing win win for cardiff um then they kind of hit a, a bit of a stumbling note over christmas they beat the dragons in rodney parade and they lost at home twice to ospreys and scarlets which um which which was quite quite narrow defeats there, there wasn't much in those two games i thought they, they deserved more against the ospreys on new year's day but they were particularly poor against the Scarlets the following week, which was a bit of a disappointment, really. Then they lost Thomas Young to injury, which was possibly the biggest blow of the season. And it, it hasn't been the best run of games um, for them. Um, so since about Christmas time, it, it, it has been a little bit mixed, but it was a really good start to the season. But um, over the last few weeks, it hasn't been fantastic. And um, in terms of players to watch... Obviously, you've got loads. We've got quite a few that are away from with Wales. So you've got like Liam Williams, Josh Adams, Tulu Falatau all away. But um, you've got Reese Carey and Dylan Lewis back from 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 the Wales squad, um, who will who will hopefully try and get try and get some good dominance in in set piece. Um, ben Thomas looked quite settled at fly off in their win against Benetton. I thought um, he 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 settled in quite well at ten. Um, after Jared Evans was another fine player, went off with a concussion. So I'm not sure if he's available this weekend. And then you've got the likes of um, Ben, uh, no, sorry, said ben uh, Max Llewellyn at uh, Inside Centre. There's quite a bit of rumours about him leaving to go to England. But uh, at the minute, he's still a Cardiff player and he's still performing really, really well at the moment. Thanks. Thanks for that, Yeston. I think that's... Uh... It's good to know who to look out for. I'll pass that on to Dan McFarland and um, ask them to <laughs> to keep tabs on those guys. But yes, one of the things which I don't, I don't have down here on the agenda, but I know you're you're 
outspoken about it is the current situation with Welsh rugby. Can you sum that up in two sentences for me? <laughs> no, I'm not asking you to do that, but can you sort of sum up the situation briefly from your perspective? What's what's going on? Um, so the main issue at the moment, well, that, that there was before the England Wales England match was that the the players didn't really know if they had contracts for for next season. And obviously, with budgets in rugby nowadays, you're expecting all those contracts to be out the way, or at least to be set out by about November, December time. And then all the business uh, with the players uh, leaving and going, it should have been done by about middle of January, okay, a little bit into February as well. But um, the the WIU and the regions couldn't agree on a budget for the regions to have for next season. And which still hasn't been agreed, by the way. I think I think they're very close on getting that job done, but um, but it's not um, it's not a hundred percent a signed deal. But um, but the players just didn't know um where where they'd be heading for next season, and there was quite a lot of players out of contract. I think it was over seventy odd players that that don't, that obviously didn't know where their future were. And obviously, in the in the recent Cardiff Benton game, Moldovan fan favourite of Cardiff's uh, Dimitri Ahe, he picked up an Achilles injury, so he's out out of out of playing for about a year, nine months to a year, and he's only had three months. He only had about three or four months left in his contract. So obviously, he didn't know what was coming up next. He obviously doesn't know what's coming up next. Obviously, there's a bit more of a, a clear picture now, but um, it's still very worrying times for the regions and. The the Dubra you really need to sort that out quite quickly. Yeah, no, absolutely, and like, we wish Welsh rugby well, not too well, but uh, we want uh, <laughs> want obviously teams to survive and players to play uh, play what the sport they love, you know. And it uh, looks like all of that is is at risk, uh, and guys are go- potentially going to move away. Uh, so in some ways, we can be happy with the system we have, and know we complain about it in Ireland, but. Uh, RFU have a pretty good system. Let's be honest, and it's it's got us to a good a good position. So, uh, talking about Ireland more generally, I know Caelan uh, has has written a lot on this Six Nations, and uh, Caelan, I'd appreciate a bit of an update and your thoughts on Ireland more generally. But uh, from an Ulster perspective, uh, given we're an Ulster rugby podcast, maybe talk to us about how you think Stu and and. Tom O'Toole are getting on as well as the other guys. Uh, there's there's also the, the controversial omission or or uh, the cruel uh, fact that uh, Timoney has been overlooked in favour of Penny. And I know there's some less good monster players who are also being overlooked. But uh, tell us tell us uh, from your perspective how Ulster are getting on in Ireland terms. I'm not going to answer that last part now, to be honest, because <laughs> I am president of the John Hodlett fan club, so I'm just not going to answer that. But anyways, <laughs> back to Stuart Murtowski and Tom O'Toole. I think they've, listen, when there's putting your hand up and there is being third, fourth choice and being called into a Six Nations game against France, the world number two, and being brilliant, like that's, that's testament to the lads, you know, and listen, if we talked when the Ireland squad was named and mentioned the fact that there was an absence of quite a few Ulster players, you think of James Hume, Mikey Lowry, um, I know Nathan Doak and John Kimoney weren't really, weren't expected to be in there. You know, Nick Timoney, who we have mentioned, these guys were left out. Ulster's form was pointed to. But credit where it's due, Stuart Murtusky got his chance against Wales, got his chance last November as well, I should say. Guy's chance against Wales was absolutely brilliant that day. And I think against France, he was quietly excellent. I think 
if Ireland's midfield himself and Ringholz don't play as well as they do that day, it's a different game. Um, yeah. And he he just does so many small things very well, which I think I think before, and this is no slight them because Stewart is a top-class professional rugby player. Before, he did an awful lot of highlight reel stuff and kind of went missing in between. Now he's doing a bit of everything over 80 minutes. And you think back to that French game, win the turnover on the five-meter line. His knee was definitely not on the ground, but we won't we won't discuss that. But um, it's, a side, it's a side entry from Antonio anyway, so uh, it's all it's all it's all fair. Listen, he just wanted a week off. We we know that at this stage. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and like that's it's testament to them. And even you know, I know you only got say thirty minutes over two games, but I thought Rob Herring was actually he'd started that game really sharp against France. To be honest, yeah. So you can you can go through those three lads. I thought Ian Henderson probably poor against Wales, did exactly the job he needed to do against France. And then the last day, he was just rock solid. And I think, I I do believe that Ireland's best pairing up until maybe last November was Henderson and Ryan. I think now Ty Barnett has learned how to play alongside James Ryan and vice versa. So that's changed. But still, Henderson and Ryan have a great connection. Like they're, what are they, five years on the go as Ireland's first choice, second up pairing. So like, Hendy deserves, he deserves a mention and, Listen, Ireland are chasing in the Grand Slam. It would be, it would be incredibly deceitful if I was taking names here and and being disingenuous towards anyone. But on to the Nick Timoney um, question. I I think, and again, I don't I don't want to be harsh. I think there's a bit of the the Sergio Parise about him. He does a bit of everything for Ulster, and when you're a coach, sometimes that can go against you. You know, because listen, it's great to score two tries against Benetton, and it's great to get three or four turnovers against Zebra, but it's the big games that they need you to just do the quiet things brilliantly. And that's 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 one of the reasons. But as well as that, like you can call it conspiracy or whatever, Scott Penny lives in Dublin and Nick Timoney's in Belfast. Which would you prefer? No Nick Timoney down in Durban and holding a tackle bag for Josh van der Fleer or Scott Penny doing that job when he's not going to be playing? So like in the long run, it's probably for the best. And even for him, I still think he can go to that World Cup. Like, we don't know. Okay, Peter Armand is our backup seven. I think we know that, but we don't really know what the story is behind that and what the level of versatility is there because Will Connors, the second most modern caps at seven under Andy Farrell, hasn't really got back to form. So it's right there for Nick Timoney. Yeah, it's up to him to to try and take that jersey and listen to good performances like he did down in Durban against the Sharks are important. Just needs to keep backing up for the rest of the year. And he can't just say, well, Scott Penny got in and that's that's then closing the door to me because that's not the case. There's 17 reasons that are all intangible that he didn't get in. And it might be for the best because he's just helped Ulster win in Durban. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's kind of that's kind of it. Like because again, would Ulster fans rather he be on that pitch or holding a tackle bag in Dublin and taking the weekend off? It's, you know, you know the answer to that. Like. Yeah. No, you made me feel better, Kaelin. I appreciate it because I'm like, oh, yeah, we got to keep Nick Timoney. <laughs> Whereas I felt a bit bad for him before. But uh, no, you're right. And like, it's better. We always said with the likes of Cooney, we sort of dismissed it and went like, well, Ireland's loss is Ulster's gain. And equally, if Timoney's that good, then we should be delighted he's playing for Ulster on a regular basis as opposed to being away. Uh but yeah, I think um, 
Uh, just in summary, I suppose, uh, and a couple, of, a couple of these points have already been covered, but I just want to re-emphasize how good Harry Sheridan was. Uh, I love the sort of shouty Harry Sheridan that we saw on Saturday, as loud as we've seen him. And he's uh, he's in the middle of those malls and he's driving things and he's he's shouting at people to get low. And I just love that confidence, you know, for a young guy to get in and he's commanding. He's physical. He's really developed physically in the last few while. He's filled out, um, and he's a he's a, a bit of a a brute now, which is great. Um, so look, long way that continued. He got around. He made sixteen tackles, which is excellent. He carried well. He got his try. Uh, the other person, as Yeston was talking about, was Vermeulen. Uh, what what we saw on Saturday, I think, was modern Vermeulen, a sort of classic version of that. So not carrying every few seconds, but his carries and his his uh, his contributions are impactful. And I thought every one of his his carries and whenever he chooses to, he has the experience now to probably choose when to get involved and <laughs> maybe when to uh, take a bit of a breather and stand back. But Vermeulen just, uh, he's one of our few sort of world-class players. Uh, and I think our other world-class player is Ian Henderson, as you were saying, Caelan. There are rumours during the week that Henderson is linked with Toulouse. Uh, now, those, I don't know if those have any substance. I think it was basically a Toulouse fan account saying it'd be class if we got Ian Henderson. So uh, I don't know. don't know if there's much substance, but some of these guys, you'd worry that... Um, if they don't uh, after the World Cup, what's the incentive maybe for uh, for Hendy to ha- hang about? Maybe get a few more Ireland Ireland matches, but um, we could we could potentially lose lose a few guys. I think his contract is coming up, uh, but it may just be a way of securing a better and bigger contract. Um, sorry, yes, Killen, I'll turn to you now. I might jump in there. I don't. I haven't heard Anthony say Dean Henderson will be going. Um, because usually you kind of hear a few few months or weeks in advance, especially when it's he's on an IRFU deal. The only things we know in terms of contract is we're expecting um Jacob Stockdale to come back down to a provincial deal, especially with um Hugo Keenan. How can I forget? He's the best fullback in the world. <laughs> Hugo Keenan haven't been upgraded to uh to an IRFU deal. We expect Jacob to come off his um and. There, there is expected to be a couple of players leaving Ulster, a couple of NIQs, but Ian Henderson isn't one of them. And while we're on the topic as well, I do think Ulster are after a centre. I was saying this to Jack there last week. Apparently, they're after a centre. I don't know Why? what the rationale is. That's that's Why? listen. <laughs> Apparently, they were in for Alex Nankivell, who Munster just signed, and he is an out and out centre. He's not a wing centre. He's not a fullback. Have him. Have yeah, him. thanks. We will, and we will, <laughs> we will take good care of him. Thank you very much. But listen, I I don't know what the reason is either. But apparently, they're still after centre. Whether that means someone like Luke Marshall say is going elsewhere, I'm not saying he is. I'm literally just spitballing here. Or they look at someone like Ben Moxham as a winger or Stuart Moore as a fullback. I'm not 100 percent sure. Or even listen, if Jake Flannery is going, um, which we've led to believe he's as good as gone back to Munster. Maybe they do see more as a fullback and Mike Lowry is the next 10. And maybe that's why they're looking at centre. I don't know. That's just throwing that out there. We just said it was probably worth throwing in while we're on about Hindi. Yeah. 
I know, absolutely. And, and thanks for that, Kieran. Uh, yeah, as you say, Jack, and you're rightly sort of uh, baffled by that suggestion that Ulster will get another centre. I think there's. I mean, other... we've got we've got Jude Postlethwaite on the uh, on the academy, who's got a who's got like a four year deal. So he's going to be, you know, he's got a nasty shoulder injury by any accounts, but he's, you know, one of the under twenties who's going to come through and and probably shoot the lights out as well, like like most of our backs. So and the young uh, fullback. On the twenties at the moment, whose name um, Roy, Roy escapes Tulker. me? Yeah, and like these yeah, these lads are highly thought of. Like you know, I think, Mox, so. I think Moxon might might turn out to be a, a center in the end. I think he reads the game pretty well, and he's got a good defensive head on him. So he's good another, size. Oh, he's a big lad. Yeah. Big lad. I saw I saw a picture of him beside Stuart Muir, and I was just like, "Jeez, I mean, Stuart Muir is not small, but like flipping, eh? <laughs> massive." I was like, "What?" Yeah. Um. So look, we have. We have bigger problems in 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 terms of like tight five forwards, which is which is why you know we've got guys like Kitchoff, uh, Tumanga Allen, uh, you know Daviers, who we just don't have that type of player. Like I don't know what they're thinking is. Are they, do they thinking that we need like some big ball playing center? Well, we've got one of those already in Stuart McCluskey. Do we need you know somebody with dancing feet? It's like we've got that. It's Mike it's Larry. a smaller it's a smaller centers that have been linked to them because it's been Nankovell who is. He's powerful, but he's he's athletic. He's and, skillful, yeah, yeah. And Piers O'Connor is the other one who's been linked to Ulster. Yeah. Now there is there's this there's a chance both of them end up at Munster, but I'm not 100 percent sure. That's where I'm hearing that both of them are are looking at him. But um, is he Irish qualified? O'Connor. He is. Yeah, he's Irish yeah. qualified. So that's kind of the the lore and the thinking. Yeah, and just thinking out loud here again, you do wonder Irish qualified player can play centre. You do hope it's not that Will Addison is finished in an Ulster shirt because he has so much left to give in terms of yeah in terms of potential. But yeah. you, listen, we're just we're just giving ideas. We don't know. Like yeah. the fans at home can can make up their own mind. They might have no things as well that they can they can always send on. But listen, just you hope it's not something like that as well. At the same time, because he's a top quality player who's just been cursed with injuries. It's, you know, no more than Luke Marshall, who I said in the last section. Some lads are just first, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. And for a while, Luke Marshall, to be honest, I thought very sadly, I thought his days were numbered, and he came on and had an absolute blinder to the start of the season and has done well. He's he's a guy who's fairly he's been fairly injury prone, as you say. Will Addison, I to be honest, I almost forgotten we had Will Addison because he's been out for so long. At a certain point, you have to go have to cut our losses, unfortunately, and that is as you say, Kieran, it's such a shame because. Uh, he's such a good player. He's a classy player. Like he's just skillful, and he'd be playing for. Do you know he'd be he'd be in the Ireland squad certainly. Do you know if he was playing regularly, like he was pre-injury. So, um, yeah, yeah. Be, it'd be really interesting. Like if anyone has any juicy transfer rumors, send them over. Always keen to hear. Uh, preferably ones founded in some form of <laughs> of actual <laughs> evidence. Um. But look, just as we as we wrap up here, I want to turn to you all just for a quick prediction for the Cardiff game. So, uh, Jack, do you want to go first there? What do you, what do you think about this Cardiff game? Do you think we will do them? <laughs> will we do them? Uh, I would I would I would say that I, I would I would expect um, Ulster to to be able to to pull something out um, of the bag. But as we said. The, uh, the inconsistency might uh, might strike us again. The thing is, um, 
yes, they probably they probably should win. We we know that you know the Irish teams usually have more of a more of an advantage during these kind of um, international breaks because the squads are much bigger. You know, with injuries, they're just sort of more likely to, um, to sort of get the better of, of of other teams. When 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 everyone's full strength, it's a different story. So so yeah, I would be, uh, I'd be hopeful. Uh, I am actually going down to the game. I'm only in Bristol, so it's uh, it's handy enough for me. So I'll be in Cardiff for uh, for the game. So so hopefully, um, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully it'll be a good night in Cardiff. And uh, and yeah, I'd say I'd say Ulster by by eight or nine would be my prediction confident and it's at this point I need to and I forgot to do it at the start of this episode remind people Jack predicted a loss last weekend as, <laughs> yeah, as, as yeah. did Simon I, I knew Ulster would win uh, I might need to change that now I feel like I'm the Irish Paul Williams maybe I need to <laughs> uh, maybe I should uh, predict the Cardiff win and just guarantee the win for Ulster again <laughs> well no I, I knew Ulster would win don't go back and check that episode <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure I knew they'd win Sure. Uh, we'll go back and check. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, and uh, Caelan, we'll turn to you. Uh, what do you think about this weekend? Jink Ulster will will be Cardiff in Cardiff. Yeah. Well, I, listen, it'd be interesting to see what what the lads kind of kind of think as as fans in this one. But I, ju- I just think Ulster have nothing to fear going to Cardiff because these are games that Ulster typically would win, and I I do say that with a bit of optimism more than anything else because they did just slip up in Cardiff as well. But I think these are games that Ulster should be winning if they're looking for that top four spot in that home quarter final. The only thing is, the only, the major caveat is Cardiff beat Leinster at home last year, but Munster at home this year, but Cardiff at home, or Cardiff beat Cardiff. Cardiff beat Connacht at home last se- the last two seasons Um, prior to this. So they, they do have a very strong, a very strong home record. Um, So that it is tricky. But when they're only getting three internationals back, and Reese Carey is probably the most high profile of them, um, but Ulster are getting back Treadwell and Herring and Jacob, and that it's it feels like it's just there, it's there for Ulster. I think above all else, getting someone like Rob Herring back will help to just keep the squad going in the right direction as much as Anthem. And then prior to to the earlier question, I would like to see Ulster stick with what has worked and what has worked has not been going back to wholesale changes of what was the first team. It's keeping lads fresh and on their toes. Even if it's not Jake Flannery, even if it's Ian Madigan getting a chance in there, or Jake, that's nothing against Billy Burns, don't get me wrong, but if it's just giving these lads a chance to to prove themselves again, Aaron Sexton, another, um, baby Stuart Moore at centre, alongside either James Hume or alongside Luke Marshall, Harry Sheridan, even if it's at six, I, I would move him to six personally, because... Yeah, it, it looks like we won't get a, a Ray brother there. They're probably playing for Ban Hinch, um, unfortunately. Yeah. So if Treadwell goes in alongside O'Connor, move Sheridan to six, Timoney Vermeulen, there's a nice balance there. And with all that said, obviously we don't have the team news we record on, on Wednesday. I would be expecting Ulster to win. It will not be broadcast here at home, so I will be watching Connacht, but I, I would be expecting them to, to get the job done. And at the end of the day, Ulster have gone through patches where every time I've been on here, I've said they have to double down. They have to find form instead mm-hmm. of flip up between losses and defeats. And again, we are in the month of March. That doesn't change now. That is more important now. They need they need to get the win because otherwise 
you have two games of three games, league games of the season to kind of save things at the end. Like just just go out there, beat a team that you are better than, beat a team who are outside the top eight, who are about fifteen points behind you in the league table. You know, just just do it. Like I, it's as simple as that. Like you sh- you should be winning this. I'll say Ulster by ten, feverishly at best, because they have let us down in predictions and let me down in predictions when I'm on here. But they just have to. They have to get the result here. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it wouldn't be unlike them to, to have a, a good performance and then slip up. But uh, yes, then we'll turn to you now and uh, you can give us a, a sort of non-Irish uh, bias here for your answer. Um, I just want to say it was actually really nice listening to people talking about transfers because um, that's kind of not happening at the minute, obviously. Hopefully, touchwood things will change in Wales, but uh Nice to hear rumours flying around. Oh, sorry, man. I kind, of, I kind of miss them sometimes. The excitement of having a rumour coming to join one of the regions. but um, There are rumours in the other direction, like Liam Williams and Josh Adams and the lads, but not, yeah. not inward. Yeah, Saracens are in for Nicky Smith. That was the latest one I read. So um, oh, wow. I hope that's not the case. But, uh, he's better um, than Mako anyway, it's grand. Yes, he is. But... Um, <laughs> But back to back to Cardiff Ulster. Um, I think I think because there's a couple of injuries in the Cardiff pack, I think Ulster might have a little bit of an edge up front. Um, I think if Cardiff had heart if hip but tight dead, I think it'd be a little bit a little bit closer. If Thomas Young was playing, for example, it'd obviously be a bit closer. But um Cardiff backs are, can be dangerous at times. Owen Lane scored twice against Benetton. But if I had to give a prediction, I'd probably say Ulster by five. I think it's gonna be quite close. Um and then Cooney will have a, a good day with the boot and will mm. steer, steer Elster to, to another victory. I, I'm glad glad you know your audience, Justin. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Like, it's a big, big match, as you're saying, Caelan. Like, it's uh, business end of the season. Uh, all all matches are important now, uh, as they are throughout the season, in fairness. But it certainly it focuses teams uh, whenever they, they look at the table and they see where... What they what they have to do at this stage. So, um, just wrapping up now. Incredible result for Ulster. No one uh, apart from me uh, expected that result at the weekend. Um, no, it is difficult to be balanced uh, or in any way critical after a result like that because look, you are just delighted we got the bonus point win. Used our mall. We'd like to see a few more backs tries. So we had Stuart Moore, but it wasn't really a backs try as such. It was him diving over the line. And an opportunistic, quite clever and sneaky try, but um, we'd like to see, like to see Sexton um, make more use of his unbelievable pace with some finishing. Um, he, I, I think Flannery, as we touched on, did very well. We'd like to see him get more minutes. As we've talked about, he could be on his way out, and we wouldn't begrudge him, or I wouldn't, because he hasn't been given a chance at Ulster. And so, if I were him, I'd go back and and play well for Munster wherever he goes, and uh, and show McFarland what he's missing out on. Um, Sheridan has been a, a revelation for Ulster, as we, as we discussed. Um, just in, I would like to see more of that loud, confident Sheridan sort of running, running the pack and running them, running them all. Um, because he did so well in that regard as well, and very vocal. And great to see a young guy doing that. Uh, in team news, uh, Andrew and Gilroy, uh, John Andrew, who came off after not very long, uh, and Gilroy got concussed. 
So we'll have to wait and see they're doing a return to play protocol um, and we'll see if they can make it back. Uh, Herring, Treadwell and Stockdale to, to be released back to the squad, which will bolster things. And then Billy Burns, Hume, Doak, Moxon and Carter are all back as well. So sets us up for an exciting exciting game against Cardiff. And um, uh, I think we've covered that pretty extensively. So I want to th- uh, say thanks again to Yeston, Jack and Keel. And that was uh, it was good chat. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Cheers, lads. Headquarters is a private fitness facility in the heart of Belfast located just off the Lisburn Road. If you want to get stronger, get in better condition and improve your performance in life or in sport, then get involved with Headquarters Gym. The focus is in small group and one-to-one coaching. This allows you to stay accountable, have fun and get great results from your training. If you're interested in achieving your fitness goals, sign up for a trial month for £99. That gives you 16 sessions for the month and all you need in terms of support and advice in your fitness journey. Get in contact on Instagram at Headquarters Belfast or visit headquartersbelfast.com. Hello, the Red Hand listeners. This is Jonathan Moore from SS Moore Sports in Belfast. We're just opposite the front door of the City Hall onto Chester Street, where we've been since 1950. We, again, like most other years, carry a full range of the Ulster rugby product. We do hoodies, tees, polos, jackets, gilets, scarves, hats, luggage. We do adults and kids, and that can be seen in-store or online at ssmsports.co.uk. Hope to see you guys soon, and don't forget, shop local.